Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. And today I'm here with one of my very best friends on the planet, Adam Roach, owner of I Love Coaching. Adam, welcome to the show. Matt, thanks for having me, buddy. I'm super excited to be here and I'm in a good mood. Hell yeah, you are. I'm in a damn good mood. You know, um, there's only one person other than my wife that I text every day and that's Adam Roach. You know, we've actually been doing that for how many years? Four years? Three years? Like seven years. Seven years. How long have you been married? Oh man, that's a tough one. Should we tell Katie how long we've been texting? 11 years. Okay, good. So it's been (laughs) shorter than how long you've been married. Okay, good. Just make sure. (laughs) We have every morning we text each other. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Other than my wife, I text no one more. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate appreciate your friendship. Man, so we love to start out the show with wins and good news Uh because thinking about what's going good always puts me in a good mood. What's, What's your wins? You know, so with the I Love Coaching Company, we have grown by... Well, we're almost adding a hundred new people a quarter now of lives being impacted Woo! through our whole life coaching process. Wow. And it's 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 so neat to watch our coaches grow, our clients grow in whatever space they're in. That is just, I mean, every morning I get to wake up and journal and be grateful for that impact. That's a person a day. Okay, good. Every every day you're impacting a new person that you weren't impacting the day before. Mm-hmm. At the end of the year, you're going to impact 400 new people's lives. Like, man, how does that make you feel? Well, we're just producing whole life millionaires. Yeah. Right? And that's really where we're growing this too. So what does that make me feel? I'm in a good mood, Matt. Heck yeah. <laughs> man, so what's a whole life millionaire? You know, you and I learned this, or maybe I learned this uh, during GoBundance talks, right? So, so we belong to uh, that group and I joined that group six, seven years ago, because the focus was I wanted to be around bigger thinkers and just my be huge thinking people in the business space. I'll tell you what I learned from that group. Businesses is just one facet of your life. And there are many other facets in your life that are maybe as equal or greater in importance than just business and money. Yeah. They're definitely greater importance, greater importance than, for sure. So then business. And of course we can get lost in that business metric okay. because it's so easy to track and measure, which is something we'll talk about today. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to track and measure the impact you're having with your children right. on a day-to-day basis as it is to say, oh, I added one more person to my network. Right. Exactly. So the whole life approach comes in. We have three areas. We call it the health, the wealth, and relationships. And in those areas, we create whole life millionaires. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Without your health, you can't have the relationships and, or the wealth. Right. Um, And without the relationships, what the heck's the point of any of it? Right. Yeah. That's why I love you, Matt. I'm in such a good mood to be here right now. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, bro. (laughs) All right. So we've got an awesome show today. I'm going to share a win and good news with you. I made a commitment. So Adam and I make commitments to each other every single day. That's Mm -hmm. the text. 
And I texted you three things yesterday. And the third thing was, I'm going to get outside with a child. Yeah. And um, when I got home, that text message had me push all three girls on the swing nice. uh, in the backyard. And then I twisted them like crazy because they love to do crazy twisty swing rides. Mm-hmm. And it was just a beautiful day. And it was a beautiful experience in my backyard Perfect, because of a text message that I sent you that Perfect. morning. Perfect. Nice job, man. Isn't that cool? Nice job. I'll have to tell you real quick. Um, so every day you send three things. And every day, I think I send like 500 things. Yes, yeah, seven. So I can't wait Five to, to be seven. Matt O'Neill when I grow up. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I like to keep it at three. Yes. Because there can only be three most important things very today. Very true. Yeah, very yeah. true. Man, okay, so um, you're you know you're frank, you're one of the most disciplined people I've mm-hmm. ever met, and that's a huge compliment okay, because cool. I think discipline also creates freedom. Okay, good. And and freedom is a big word for you. I it know. Is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the ways, Adam, Adam, I actually met Adam at the gym at five in the morning. <laughs> True. Every day we were like the only two hardcore <laughs> people at the gym at five in the morning, and we were there at the same time every single day. We were. And um, so morning routine is a big thing for you. You know, mm-hmm. t- how, how does morning create success? Great question. Well, let me give you the background of that. And so this is a true story. It is, boy, what year was this? This was the early 2000s. And it is, it is New Year's and the family's asleep in bed. And I'm the only one up and I'm l- laying on the couch and this is back before, actually right when P90X was being released. Yeah. And an infomercial came on of Tony Robbins doing P90X. And I'm thinking, I'm laying on the couch. What am I? Re-? And I've been an athlete my entire life. And I had two kids at the time that were young and I wanted to help the family, but I couldn't help the family when they were awake. So I had to have my own time. And so I ordered P90X, old school, DVD style. I still I still do those DVDs. Yeah, they're the best, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're so hard. And then I realized that I needed to get up at 4.45 before the babies woke up to push play on a 60-minute workout. Mm-hmm. And so that started the routine. And it started the routine from the standpoint that that was my time. I then fast forward to where we are now. Um, and now that is 100% mine from the standpoint of an exercise from journaling, from spirituality, from quiet time, no sound, no nothing, just sitting there with my own thoughts and listening. Yep. So that's my morning. Yeah. I I love, I'm so glad you shared those different aspects to the morning. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same reason that I started a morning routine was because of young children. Yep. And uh, you know, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my job. I love my career. And I also love my time with mm-hmm. myself. I got to have a relationship with me and I got to have a relationship with my creator, with God. Right. And when there's all that noise of breakfast and rushing to the, uh, to the office and the office and then coming home and making dinner and bedtime and all that stuff, if I don't have that alone time or that connection time with my source, I start to get a little bit lost. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll even do this on vacation, right? Vacation, I still need that me time in the morning. It may not be at 5 a.m. It might be at 8 or 9 a.m., but nevertheless, I still need a little bit of that time. Yeah. For sure. I love the mornings. Love, love. You know, the other thing I love about mornings, so having lived in Los Angeles for a long time, that was the only time you could beat traffic 
was was early in the mornings. And what I love now that we live in this beautiful city of Charleston, South Carolina, is there's absolutely no one out at five o'clock in the morning. It's dead, right? Except especially in our neighborhood. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Yeah, you're there. Yep. But it's it's quiet. I mean, it's absolutely quiet. You can hear everything at five o'clock in the morning from the outside. It's amazing. I, I remember, so we would, we, Adam and I started working out together mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. Yep. And, uh, and we did a couple of P90X DVDs. We did. They were uh-huh. hard as, they were, as get out. Yes. Man, because they just are. I'm still doing them. I make Kate, every time I put on <laughs> P90X, Katie's like, why? <laughs> we work out every Thursday together. So Love we worked it. out this morning. Uh-huh. And she's like, if you pick P90X, I will slap you. <laughs> <laughs> did you slap you? I didn't pick the okay, so idea. So I didn't want to get slapped Smart today. man. <laughs> man, but so, so we would do this crazy intense hour-long workout, you and mm-hmm. me, and just dripping sweat. And then every single time, didn't matter how cold it was, if it was raining, you would take your golf cart to the water right? and you would journal. Yes. And I, man, that really inspired me and it helped me with some journal practice myself. But what, what are you journaling after like a workout like that? So there's a release moment that I believe we all need in life, right? So I had a coach to teach me a long time ago. There's three things you need to do. Number one, you need to experience something. And, and then you need to feel that, whatever that experience is. And then you need to release it, positive or negative. You need to release it because you have a certain bandwidth inside of, of you being able to um, impact both positive or negative, but you have a bandwidth and you have to release that. So it's a release. For me, it's a release. I share gratitude. I share wins. I share losses. Sometimes I'm just yelling at myself and I'm just releasing that of the dumb things that I did. Um, Or mostly it's positive stuff, right? These were the wins that I had yesterday. These were the amazing moments that I had yesterday. Or these are the amazing moments I'm looking forward to. For example, the kids and I are getting ready to go to a tennis tournament this weekend in Myrtle Beach. And this morning I journaled about the experience of that and how excited I am to get in the car, drive two hours, go stay in Myrtle Beach and watch my kids do their passion thing, which is tennis. And that's your passion thing. It's definitely my passion thing. Watching your kids and their passion is your passion. It definitely is. And you know, the fun part, and I started doing this about three years ago, is always end with the gratitude, right? And a gratitude, you actually taught me this. Don't just put word, uh, I'm grateful for the sky, the air. Be grateful for, if you're flying on an airplane, the people that made that airplane, right? Mm. Be grateful for the people that are flying the airplane and the people that taught the people how to fly the airplane, Right. Get a little bit deeper in your gratitudeness uh, and watch where that takes you. And it's really fun. And then I always end, I don't know if you do this, I sign mine. So I always say forward, Adam. That's cool. Every time. Yeah, man, that, that is a way to deepen your relationship with yourself. And um, you, you had told me uh, another little tip about like reviewing your life where you'll go back through photos yes. in your phone. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing that? Every year. Yeah, tell me about it. Every year. So John Maxwell taught us this. Every year you have to audit your year from an experiential standpoint. And what did that teach you? So you, you go into your phone and anybody can do this. Go into your phone. You can even do it right now to audit your first quarter as it relates to experience based on pictures. Go into your photos and look at January, February, March's pictures and find ones that had an impact on you, put them in your favorites, and then either print them out or look at them and then write, what did you learn from that moment, right? And what did you learn from that moment? And then what are you carrying forward from that moment that is impacting you today? Oh, it's such a great exercise. So on our 10th anniversary dinner, 
last uh, August. Mine and yours? No. Oh, okay. You're okay. Me and Katie. <laughs> Uh, man, we should have an anniversary. We should dinner, have an anniversary. We? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it would be at the gym. Okay, yes. Uh, so, but at, at our dinner, I um, I didn't have my phone because I don't bring my phone on dates. Mm-hmm. So, but Katie does in case something's going on with the kids. Sure, right. Makes sense. I'm like, good. Okay. Well, you're you're not obsessive compulsive having to look at your phone like I am. So I'll carry your phone with me. Nice. And I pulled that that thing. I said, hey, let's look back over the last 12 months at our photos. And about, so I'll, I'll take, I'll pick my favorite photo from August of last year Mm -hmm. and talk with you about what I loved about it. And then she found her favorite photo in September and talk with me. And so that was our, that was how we had our anniversary. And man, it was one of the coolest anniversary dinners I'd ever had And it. You know, we used this piece of technology not to be distracted, but to get more connected. Mm, love that. Yeah. And it's a great exercise you should do if you choose to audit your life, right? If you want to go back and learn from what you did this past year, this past quarter, this past month, heck, even yesterday, go look and see what impact it's had on you. Did you, do you ever read your journal? I do. What's that look like? So again, at the end of the year, So, you know, one of my mentors and now has become a personal friend, John Maxwell, he is really big in this space of you. You have to pay attention to where your growth has happened. So this is probably four or five years ago. He said, how many people in the room journal? And I raised my hand and he said, Adam, when was the last time you read your journal? And I said, I've never read my journal. He said, I'm going to challenge you. After you do your picture audit, go back and read your journal front to back. He says, I've read mine for the last, I don't know how many years, but he reads his again to find lessons on what did he learn? What can he take away from that? (laughs) And, or where were some of the opportunities that hopefully he doesn't do again next year? So yeah, I've been reading mine for, for quite some time now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I have to to be able to read my handwriting sometimes (laughs) though. (laughs) So I, I read it every week. Wow. I I review the week Mm -hmm. and I, I pick the five greatest wins nice. from the week, mm-hmm. the three greatest lessons learned and the one challenge and what I learned from it. Wow. And so every week I do this on Sunday. I just, I read through the week's worth of journals and I, I create that. Love it's it. just like a, a summary of what, w- what was impactful this past week. Mm-hmm. And then I intentionally only buy quarter long journals. Very cool. So my journal ends in 90 days. And every 90 days, I do the exact same process, but for a, a quarter. Gotcha. And and record all the wins from that quarter, and it's pages long. Love it. And the lessons yep. and the challenges and what I learned. And then I, I try to find one to three like main takeaways I want to carry forward with me. Like, What was the one to three biggest lessons I learned this past 90 days that will carry forward with me into next quarter? Love it. Love it. There's another thing that we can do on top of that as well. It's called CAT, right? It's the acronym CAT, C-A-T. And the first one is change, right? What needs to be changed or what could change from any of these learning lessons we've, we've uh, gone through. The second one is apply. And what are the applicable things that we need to do or want to apply in our, our world? And the last one is teach, right? What specifically did we learn that we feel that we need to go teach so that we can actually learn it better? Oh, that's so good. It's fun. I know. Yeah, that cat. Cat. I'm a dog guy, though. You're a dog? <laughs> I'm a dog guy. <laughs> I think we, we both are, yeah. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, we definitely are, yeah. yeah. Man, um, I, 
I, I could go down a, a rabbit hole with that. We're going to have so much fun there. And I won't. So, uh, because we have some things to teach. And okay. there's no one better at tracking mm. that I've ever met than you. <laughs> Adam Adam tracks everything. I, I think you probably know how many grams of food that you eat for each meal. You probably know your weight to like the millisecond of weight. <laughs> I know you know exactly how you slept last night. How'd you sleep That's last night? That's very true. Uh, it was an 82 and a 79, yeah. An 82 and a 79. That yeah. was your sleep quality. It was pretty good. Not bad, yeah. <laughs> Not bad at all. <laughs> so, talk, I mean, obviously, um, what you track, you can't improve. Right. So, w- why is tracking so important to you? So, I'll go back in history. So, my father was an Olympic swim coach. And, and I think I got this, honestly, from him that everything he tracked with his swimmers was time-based. He tracked everything, right? And the progression that he would, again, you got think of swimming in milliseconds, right? And so he would watch swimmers over that he was training over and over and over and over. And it's the same race. So how do you get a second faster? How do you get a second and a half faster? In swimming, that's a lot. That's fast. And so he would track all those, and I would watch him. I would see him track these things. And he would keep these big journals of his swimmers and, and their times. And ironically, that's how he found out he actually had Parkinson's because he was tracking himself, training for an Ironman. And he realized his times were getting worse when they should have been getting better. Went to the doctor and said, I think my time tracking is wrong. He's like, no, I think you're wrong. You have Parkinson's, mm-hmm. so you've got to figure this out. And, and so I jokingly say that, though tracking is so important, right? Because again, as you said, you get to see where you are, you get to see where you've grown to, and then you can actually see how you can get better. So I do, I, tr- I track a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, well, we just had a, a strategy meeting this morning. We meet mm-hmm. every, once a week for team strategy. And uh, one of our metrics was appointment show up rate. Okay. And it was terrible. It was 65%. Okay. We thought, we were guessing. And uh, I just asked our sales manager, can you track this? Mm -hmm. And so this was two weeks ago. I asked her to start tracking it. And uh, it was 65% when she went back and added the numbers up. And then when she told everyone she was tracking appointment show up rate, it was 80% the last two weeks. (laughs) It was it, yeah. That was it. Yeah. We didn't even do anything mm-hmm. to change the number. We did nothing. No new strategy. It mm-hmm. was just, we told them we're going to track this. Well, think about what tracking really is. Tracking is just telling a story, right? Your, your tracking is telling a story about something, right? Whether it's your actions, whether it's your lack of actions, whatever it is. And and again, if you are that person that is looking to get better, if you're if that person that's looking to let's lose weight or increase your conversion rates, we have to see where we currently are. And, you know, I was having this conversation on the I Love Coaching podcast just yesterday with a uh, a man that tracks nothing but real estate numbers, and I loved what he said. He said most people don't track because they're afraid of their story right? They're afraid of the story that the numbers will actually tell them. And we were talking roughly P&Ls at the time. So think about that. What specifically is stopping you from tracking something? Is it laziness? Is it because you don't want to know the story? What is it? And I I just, I love stories. Matt O'Neill, I, I love telling you stories. So <laughs> I am tracking every single day if 
I acted from love mm. the day before. Good one. So this is the good mood show. Right. And so how, how I've taken tracking and put it into how was my mood mm-hmm. was, did I act from a constricted heart? Did I act from ego? When I got challenged yesterday, did I actually act out in that emotion or did I take the time to process it and get my heart back open mm-hmm. and then only act from joyful emotions? Love that. And I have, a, I have a goal that seven out of seven days, I've got a check mark next to, I acted from love. Gotcha. Last week, seven out of seven, I was on vacation. Boom. Nice job. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Now we're back in the work world. I'm back in the work world. <laughs> How are you doing now? So far, three for three. Okay, three for yeah, three. Man, nice. Well, wait a minute. Today's Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I track Mondays. Uh, Mondays. The okay, first gotcha. Day of my so, week. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So we haven't done today yet. To, oh, today, man. It's going to be four for four. Four for four? Yeah. Okay, good. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I, I'm crushing it on acting from love this week. Yeah. I love that. You know, uh, another thing I'm tracking, just to like turn this tracking into something, you know, you see sometimes people are like, man, it's so fuzzy. How would you even track if you mm-hmm. acted from love? Well, I, I'm just I'm just auditing my day. And if there was any moment that I acted out of ego or got short with someone or um, said something out of upset, I don't I don't get to win that day. Love it. And I love check marks. That check mark you, you looks do love check so marks. good. Yes. So I'm also tracking, did I trust God with the results? Mm. So my second thing I'm tracking is yesterday, did I start, did I try to push and press for the results or did I do the best I could and then just surrender God's in control? Mm -hmm. And again, super fuzzy. However, those are the two things I'm working on the most right now in my life. But is it really fuzzy? I mean, you have clarity in that space. Right. I, so I know what I mean. You know what you, yeah. 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 I mean, it could be fuzzy to a listener right now, but I know you know exactly what specifically you are tracking and the feelings and emotions that go with that. What's so cool is that when you start to track, and I don't track everything, mm-hmm. I only track seven things at a time. Yep. And those are two of the seven. Um, another one is getting outside with the kids. Yeah. Uh, another one is what I learned from one of our GoBros, which is couch time. Ooh, good with, one. With Katie. Okay. And he said every, he's, he told me this story when we were uh, on our trip with GoBunnits. He said every day he had seven kids too. Seven kids. He would get Sounds home. Like he had he a would lot of get, couch time. Yeah. He yeah. would get, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he would get home from work and his kids knew for the first 15 minutes that he got home, him and his wife sat on the couch and connected. Beautiful. Before taking care of all the responsibilities. And so, and he called it couch time. Mm -hmm. And now I'm tracking, did I have couch time with Katie yesterday? And it doesn't, for me, it doesn't look like couch, like we're sitting on the couch, but it looks like, did we take time without kids, distractions, phones, TVs to connect? Beautiful. Nice. What are some of the other things you're tracking right now? Does she know you're tracking that? No. Okay. Gotcha. Shh, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen to this. this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, going back to my father and the example there, uh, after he passed, and and this is this is going to stay in the good mood show though. He passed when he was sixty nine years old, and and I'm I'm forty five, and I can do some simple math, and I'm thinking, holy cow, that's not a lot of life left if that is my destiny as well. But here's the thing: I've given it all to God, and I said, listen, whatever 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 your plan is, I'm I'm going for it. Though I'm still going to track my health. Yeah, health is extremely important to me because of that reason. 
And so I track the number of times I go to the gym. Um, <laughs> I track the amount of water that I drink, knowing how important that is. I track my sleep. And, and just staying right there, that's, that's important to me. I track my weight. I track my body fat, my visceral fat. Um, I track testosterone. I track hormone levels as well. That's really important to me. Oh, I love that, man. And you, you got you got like some of the most energy of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> so it's interesting how we want to track the things we're already really good at too, because we're right. leaning into our strengths. Mm-hmm. And you're you're super strong, really healthy guy. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Man, um, so it, and that kind of like leads me into the next thing that you wanted to talk about, which was understanding when you are depleted. How how does understanding when you are depleted help you be a successful whole life millionaire? Right. Well, I'm going to go back to give credit where I heard this from. So I was listening to a um, Craig Groeschel podcast. And if you don't know him, he's he's a pastor out of Oklahoma of a really large church and mega churches there. And he had this amazing podcast. So I'm going to, I'll paraphrase a lot of what he said, though I, I was listening to his show and he said, are you, and it's called leading, I think it was leading through a crisis. And he says, how do you know as you're leading through this crisis if you are tired or depleted? And I thought, wow, what an amazing question. And so Dana and I were in the car listening to this together. And of course, my mind goes to, well, if I'm depleted, how do I fill myself back up? Right, yeah, right. Though we we really had a great conversation and said, what is the difference between being tired and being depleted? And the simple answer that came to my brain was, well, I track sleep, so I should know if I'm going to wake up rested or not. Though the word depleted actually threw me because how do you track if you're full or not full, right? And as it relates to being a whole life millionaire, that goes back to the tracking of your entire wheel of life from your health to your wealth, to your, to your relationships, to your spirituality, to your connection, to all those types of things. So Dana and I sat there as we were driving back from Florida and had the conversation. Let's say that we are depleted, right? Let's say that we can go to sleep and we can track our sleep, but it shows that we got a great night's sleep, but we still wake up with no energy. Yeah. Because of the world that we've lived in over the last two years, there's been a lot of stressful stuff that has gone on that potentially could deplete you as a human being. Sure. And so we then, I said, okay, honey, you get to go first. What are the things that fill you back up? What are the wells that you would like to go to if you describe yourself as depleted? And it was fascinating. I love being on the same page with her as I know you do with Katie. Uh, And she said, well, what fills me back up is learning, education, events, being coached. And I was like, same. Me too. And then she goes into giving. So she's a huge giver. We're big givers, uh, whether it's resources, time, money, uh, energy. And so I was like, yep, same. And the last one she said was travel. And I was like, boy, we are on the same page. So this is really good. And then I went one step further, almost from a tracking standpoint. So your question was a whole life millionaire and being depleted. So I said, honey, if those are the three things that fill us back up, if those are the wells that we have to go to after feeling depleted, where do they live on our calendars and how frequently are they on our calendars? So we pulled out our calendars and we noticed that they weren't as consistently on our calendars as we thought they were from the standpoint of being filled back up. 
Now, being filled back up so that we could continue to pour into others, right? That that is that's our vision. That is that is what we know God has put us on this planet to do is impact other people and help them become whole life millionaires. And so we realized that we needed to put more of those things on our calendar. And that's what we did on the way back from spring break. Way to take action. Oh, it was so fun, Matt. It was fun. So what what you just said, the first two, uh, learning and giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. I know you are. And Tony created his six human needs. Okay. And the first four human needs are certainty, certainty that I know what's going to happen, certainty that I have safety and security, that's certainty. The next one is variety, mm-hmm. which is adventure, which would fall under travel. Right. So this variety, adventure, travel. The next one is significance. Everyone has a need to feel special. Right. Like what I'm doing matters. And then the next need is love, connection. Mm-hmm. And he said, all of us will get our first four needs fulfilled, no matter what. We're going to find something, whether it's smoking a cigarette at cigarette break will give you certainty that you know the feeling or um, getting in a fight with someone will give you variety and spice up the world. And sure. so, so you can fill these needs in a negative way or positive ways, like certainty. If I go to the gym this many times, I'm going to feel a certain way. I have a certain amount of energy. But he said the last two human needs only get fulfilled if you've mastered the first four. Mm, good one. And the last two are growth and contribution. And those are like the human actualization, the actualization of your soul Mm -hmm. on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where you said, I get filled back up when I'm learning, going to conferences, that's growth. Right. And when I'm giving and charitable, and that is this contribution. So Katie and I created one of our, one of our umbrella companies is called Growth and Contribution LLC. Love it. Because we want to be living in the same spaces of growing and contributing to the world because that's what feels it's interesting. You guys came to that Uh without this whole speech and understanding, but but you like intuitively already found your way to the same truth. We're getting there, right? We're, we're definitely getting there and definitely a work in progress, right? Because again, we all have busy worlds. We all have busy lives. And this, this is, that was important to us, right? It's important to us to understand when we are tired and when we are depleted, as it relates to filling up and giving as much as we can. Yeah. You know, I had a tennis pro one time uh, being from the tennis world as he was mentoring me to become a tennis pro. He said, whether you show up at 7 a.m. for a lesson or you have a 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. lesson, that individual is paying for your time. So you better bring them the exact same energy that you did at 7 a.m. or 10 p.m. And I thought, wow. I have to be full of energy at all times. And it's fascinating because, again, I love that question. Are you tired or are you depleted? And from that standpoint, I knew that I couldn't be tired. And so I had to continue to fill myself up always back then from an energy standpoint. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest takeaways from last quarter from my journal was fill my cup. Nice. Yeah. Enjoy life. Enjoy it. Because Mm -hmm. when my cup is full, I can spill over into others. And when it's empty... I don't have anything to give. Nothing. Yeah. Man, um, we've got two more things to hit. And uh, the next one is like my jam. Like this is what I'm all about. And it's positive mindset. Love it. Talk to me about positive mindset. It's a choice. Get there as fast as possible. Okay, go to the next topic. 
No, I'm that kidding. was it. That was it. That, <laughs> Mike, drop. It's a choice. If you want to be positive, choose it. Choose it, right? Choose it. You know, in all seriousness, just choose it. So, for example, I had a I had a um, an agent of mine one time, and she said, "Adam, I've never met anybody like you. Do you ever have a bad day?" And I thought to myself, "I'm, I'm sure I do, though I'm going to choose to stay in a space of, okay, that's a bad day." Why would I give that my energy uh, from uh, to to create and fill me up with negativity? So I had uh, I have my my aunt. Uh, she's a psychologist. I call call her my brain coach, and so I get to call her every once in a while, and maybe more than once in a while. Maybe I call <laughs> Aunt Bev. I love you, and um, and she'll say, "What did you choose to give energy to today?" And did it fill you up positively? And so that I mean that has resonated with me for my entire life. What did I choose to give my energy to today? And did it keep you positive or negative? Yeah. And so again, it's a choice. Where are you choosing to give your energy? My mom always said this to me growing up. She said, you can't control what happens to you, but Mm -hmm. you can control how you respond. Love it. And that was like her mantra. And she just beat that in my head that you can't control always what's going to happen, but you always are in control of how you respond, which is mindset. Victor Frankl in his uh, famous book, Man's Search for Meaning, where the most dire circumstance you ever could imagine, his mm-hmm. whole family was thrown in the ovens yeah. uh, of Auschwitz. And he wasn't, but he had to watch his family go. And he survived a decade in a concentration camp. And um, what kept him going, though, was he said, I'm going to choose a mindset where I, they can take everything from me, but they cannot take my mindset. Right. That's the one thing they can't have. And he said, and I'm, I'm going to, I have to survive this because I have to teach it. Mm-hmm. I have to tell others what I have learned here, that that's the one thing people can't take from you. Right. It's very true. You are 100% in control of that. 100%. You may have external circumstances that are beating you up right now. You may have financial problems, health problems, spirituality problems, whatever it may be. Let's go the wheel of life. And maybe your whole wheel of life is an SHIT show. And figure it out. Choose. Find happiness, right? Find positivity in something. You're alive right now. You're alive. And, and you know, Matt, you and I had this conversation on uh, in Utah. Remember our couch conversation? You and I had some couch time. Yeah, heck yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, well, Katie wasn't around. I had to right, have, you couch, had to have time. couch time right. with somebody. And, and we were talking about, are you accepting God's love or are you rejecting God's love? Yeah. Right? And so with that being said, if you are in a negative space, in my opinion, you're rejecting God's love. You're 100% rejecting it. You know, I just go back to Viktor Frankl. You know, he's he's in this concentration camp. Mm. Like, I can't imagine. Be, being starved. Mm-hmm manual labor, being beaten, uh, his family taken from him and killed. And you would say, well, you know, I'm rejected by God, right? That, that would be a conclusion that you could come up Easily with. Easily said, sure. And, um, and, and yet he chose to find the God inside of him, the light that was inside of him and continue to shine it so that he could make an impact on millions upon millions of people, probably forever. Right. That, that book will stand out it, to test all of time. And he chose that choice in the most dire circumstances. So I've never faced anything close to that, but no. of course I've had adversity. Sure. All of us have. 
And when I get into the darkest of the adversity, it's okay. Yep. What am I going to choose today? Well, and, and this is something we actually, I teach our coaches too. And that is you need to show up in a positive space. And if something has impacted you, please cancel your appointment. Yeah. Right. That individual is expecting a coach that is at a level 10, right? A level 10 of pure energy, a level 10 of pure listening skills. And again, your positivity will have a massive impact on them. Your negativity will have a massive impact on them. And I don't want the latter there. So you better show up with the positivity. And if if you're not in that space, that's okay. Please cancel your appointment. (laughs) When I don't honor that, what Mm -hmm. you're saying, and I just push through. Yep. And I put on a fake happy face. Right. Uh, I get back pain. Yeah. I get neck pain. Uh huh. Because I didn't honor the emotion. I because we're really good. We can take a negative emotion sure. and just pretend it doesn't exist and shove it away. Yep. And not look at it. So we can do our real life is what we think we need right. to do. Um, but I've just noticed this. If I don't honor what you said, which is okay, I'm not in the right headspace right. to do this task. I my work right now is to cancel the task. Like you're advising your coach to do. Correct. Let me honor what I'm going through and process this fully so that I can get back to like the best version of me. Right. Which is not the version of me that shoved anger away. So with massive back pain, putting on a fake happy face, like that's no one wants that. No, no. And we, we have an approach at the I love coaching company called you're a real coach, right? We, 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 we say you are a real coach. Now real is an acronym for, Relevant, experiential, authentic mm. leadership, right? Yeah, the authentic piece Huge. is what we're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about right there. Because I, I can sniff through that. I think yeah. most people can. Yeah. And, and 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 though, again, it's still a choice, right? You need to show up and be positive. Yeah. Yep. Now, again, I haven't always been like this. I'll be completely honest. I'm a tennis player, right? Tennis players. Okay, let me, let me back up. I had a tendency on the tennis court to be a little negative at times. Um, Did you I, ever throw a racket? Well, I watched John McEnroe grow Yeah, up. right. Yeah, and he taught me a few things. Yeah. So I blame it on John McEnroe, actually. Did you Did you say some choice four-letter words? Well, I, I've, I've gone through a few rackets. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> but no I, one time, Man, one time I threw an entire golf bag, <laughs> and every club came out of it in the air. Yeah. Oh man, it's so ridiculous. I bet it was cool looking at though. Oh yeah. Was totally no, cool. no, I was in the worst mood ever <laughs> watching these clubs fall. And then I had to go pick them all up. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing worse than going through a tennis match and breaking your rackets and you have no more left and asking your opponent if you can borrow their racket oh to beat God. them. Oh yeah. My. That's a did, problem. Did you do that? Would, uh, you, would you beat them with their own racket? Oh, probably. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> all right. So the last thing that we're going to wrap up on right. is building through talent. Mm. So how, how, how do you build through talent to become a whole life millionaire? Great question. Well, let, let's talk about what is talent, right? So, so every organization, every leader, every individual gets to define what talent even means. We all have unique defi- definitions of talent, though talent is pretty simple to define. I think there's a very simple way of looking at it is talent push talent pushes for solutions. Right. Talent is going to push you all day long in a positive way, right? Not in a complaining way, but pushing for solutions. And as you grow an organization, you're only going to be as good as your shoulders and your head can allow, right? You're only going to be as good as your capacity will allow you to be. And then you better find talent to continue to help you grow, whether that's, again, through leveraging um, 
um, uh, um, transactional, if we're talking real estate, transactional work, where your job is to stay in front of the clients, you better go find some leverage. And the beauty of that, if we're just talking in the sole lane of business, is being aware that it's time to go find talent. And remember, talent begets talent. So if you're talent, you will attract talent. So pay attention to who's around you. Now let's talk about the wheel of life. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, one of our five values is solutions. Yep. It's on the board there. It is. And that that word resonates strongly with me too. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, sure. You're some big time CEO who's mm-hmm. impacting hundreds of people and, or at this point, thousands of people with gold. So how many people will you impact? in your career? hundred million. A hundred with a goal to impact a hundred million people. Right. Well, what about somebody who doesn't have their own company mm-hmm. and all these people that are working for them? How do they find talent? And man, it, it just something popped into my head and it was, I hire the best talent as a coach. Yes. And so when we were looking to get better at recruiting, I went out and found the best coach on the planet to help us with recruiting. And his name is Adam Roach. He's here today. Yeah, he is here, here today. today. <laughs> Man, and so you're like the most talented person ever in the space of recruiting. And we needed to get better at that. And so um, you don't have, I could be someone who doesn't own my own company, but wants to be a better salesperson, right? which I was at yep. one point. Mm-hmm. Somebody who didn't own a company and just wanted to be a better salesperson. And I went out and just did Google searches. Who is the best coach to teach sales. Mm -hmm. It started because I couldn't afford the coaching prices with who's the best coach that wrote a book. Right. And I hired their talent by reading their book. Love it. And then when that worked, I said, okay, now I'm going to go actually hire the person who wrote this book. Because typically people who write great books are looking to coach and mentor other people. And so I still live by that today. When I'm going to do something, I find the very best person in the world at it and hire them as a coach because that is part of my talent pool. Yep, and, and you're such a great example in that space too. Uh, and I've known you for for quite a while. And if there's ever a roadblock that gets in your way, you'll go find a coach. You'll definitely go find a coach. And that's what I love about you, um, because again, your your goal, in my opinion, in the wheel of life, becoming a whole life millionaire. Who luck is the best luck? Right. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a whole nother. I, lo- I love that. That's a John Maxwellism. Who luck is the best luck. And then, so again, we, we read who, not how, right. Leveraging your way, finding talent is, is, is the job of everybody paying attention to that, paying attention to who are you surrounded with and are they talent or are they not talent? Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, Adam, this has been like the best show. I've had so much. I've learned so much. Just I can't wait to go back and listen to this and take more away from it. When when somebody that is listening to the show and they want to reach out and get in touch with you, how do they do that? Sure. Uh, so I live right next door to Matt O'Neill. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can uh, come come find us. Come find us at uh, ilovecoachingco.com. So it's ilovecoaching, all spelled out, co as in company.com. You can find us exact same words on Instagram. Find us on TikTok. If you want to see me dancing, doing some crazy stuff on TikTok, come find us there. Uh, In November, we're going to have our third annual I Love Coaching Whole Life Planning Summit. So here in Charleston. Oh, you got to go to that. Yeah, we had a great time last year. Oh, man. No, I've I've been to the last two and they have been both just outstanding. 
Well, there was a great speaker there last year too. Yeah, Katie um, O'Neill. Katie O'Neill was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, come, come find us there. Come hang out. You know, our goal truly is to impact. So we have a vision statement, Matt, and it is to empower coaches to change 100 million lives by using our real coaching model, relevant, experiential, authentic leaderships, leadership, and uh, come find us at ilovecoachingco.com. Come get a free coaching call. Uh, you're on the Matt O'Neill. You listen to the Matt O'Neill show here. The uh, We're just in great moods doing this. Come come get a free coaching call. We'll be happy Man, to help are, you. So, seriously. So yeah. somebody, if somebody wants a coaching call about being a whole life millionaire, that's something that you would offer for free? For free. Yep. Come come get it. Come push the red button on ilovecoachingco.com. Yep. That is Awesome. Adam, I love you. Matt, love you, brother. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head on over to mattoneal.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.